Raven, it is once again time to ask the question, is E3 dead for real this time? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Making Fun Podcast. My name is Casey Johnson, and alongside me, as always, is my lifelong friend, my groomsman, at R.A.V. and Stab Miller, Raven, Stab Miller, Raven. How are you, my brother? I am tired. Yeah. I had my HVAC replaced, and because I got my HVAC replaced, uh, they were uh, they told me that they would be able to finish it in a day. I was getting my furnace replaced my ac replaced my water heater replaced like the whole nine yards mm. um and they told me that they were going to have it done yesterday and they unfortunately did it which fine i'm not gonna be that upset about that right it uh, happens yeah and so but i'm just upset about you know i don't have heat in my house and i won't until tomorrow <laughs> yeah. afternoon it, it's better than it happening you know in the middle of january yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we are almost in april but i'm just sitting here and i'm just kind of like i would rather not have to wear two layers of hoodies in my house right now. Yeah, I mean, just look at the bright side, though. This summer, AC. I don't have to worry about being without AC and being stuck in 90-degree weather. Yeah. Again. Very good counter <laughs> Again. Oh, man. I put those days behind me as much as I can. Yeah. But other than that, you know, I just, I got that promotion at work, so I've been, um, been kind of just rocking out and just keep my head down and trying to work to the best of my abilities, and celebrated my birthday on monday heck yeah brother yeah other than that just easy easy chilling easy cruising how about you how how do you feel about having your birthday so close to what is going to be your wedding anniversary because it's a legit Uh, issue for me and nia sometimes yeah uh i look at emily's birthday which is two weeks before christmas Mm. and i say "Eh." it's just like it's gonna happen right yeah, we wanted to get married. It's a little bit cheaper to get married in April than it is for us to get married in July, as I'm sure you are well aware of. Yeah. Um, and so we were just like, you know, it's like a week. It's like less than a month after my birthday. You know, that sort of stuff happens. I'm not all that beat up about it. Yeah, we'll be fine. And yeah, so we're we're just getting married there, and it's not like I don't. It's not like I asked for a ton of stuff for my birthday anyway. And so we <laughs> right. kind of consolidate everything. Did you get anything? Uh, no. Good. Um, as as expected with some, this year. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's saving up their uh, their cash and their well wishes for for the good old wedding. But no, I just I didn't really even want that much. Um, there's been a few things I've been wanting to get, but like I'm gonna wait on. Yeah, because it's not as important. Like I, uh, my brother and I have come up to an agreement that whenever he moves out, he's gonna leave his nice sectional couch that he has in the basement that he doesn't want to move, and then mm. I'll give him my TV whenever he moves out. Mm that I have in the living room because I want to buy a nicer, newer TV. And so it all kind of worked out like doing some trades and stuff. And so it's like, yeah, I'll have to pay full price for the nice TV that I want, but I'll be able to put it in the basement where the home theater is going to be. And we could start developing that area. Now that yeah. the basement's waterproof. How soon um, after, um, after the wedding, do you think you're going to be like, all right, you know what? Octopath two. Uh, probably just a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm, I'm kind of, um, so I'm not paying for everything ahead of the wedding. A lot of the people don't want to be paid until after the wedding is done mm-hmm. um, in full until the wedding is done, which I appreciate. So right now I'm just kind of like 
chilling and waiting. And then yeah. once I have once I have final numbers and I have check, checks set out and all those checks clear and everybody's all happy with the payment rendered, uh, I'll probably buy it at that point. Yeah, no, um, and that's the thing about wedding planning that nobody really mentions is the mm-hmm. fact that throughout the process, there is a tantalizing amount of money that's sitting there. You know, mm-hmm. it's there. You can't do anything with it because it's already promised to other people. Yep. But when, yep. but like when you look at the bank account, the bank account looks very good, but it's yep. actually not. <laughs> I have more money sitting on my bank account right now than I've ever had at any point in my life. Uh, and I can't touch any of it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. The other thing that I've kind of been wanting is I want to get an analog pocket. Mm. Just because I uh, I went to go turn on my DS Lite to play. Uh, I bought a Japanese copy of Pokemon Ruby. I don't know if I've talked about that on the show yet. Uh, um, I don't think so. Uh, I was looking online. I I've I don't know if I've mentioned either then that I want to collect one of every. Po- no, yeah, I talked about how I want to collect one of every yeah. Pokemon game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so whenever I was looking around on prices for American copies, I was like, man, those are expensive. And I was like, I wonder mm. how much a Japanese copy is just for fun. An American copy of Ruby that has a working battery goes for about $90 on yeah. eBay right now. Uh, a Japanese copy of Ruby I picked up for $14.12 with free shipping. Mm. And it got here in less than a month. Yeah. And it's in, like, perfect condition. Um, But, yeah, so I, like, bought it, and I was like, surely it's, like, uh, it'd just be a fun thing to have. And everybody's been like, why Japanese? Like, other than the fact that it's cheaper. And I'm like, well, I've played this game constantly when I was a kid. Yeah. I know how the game plays. I know what moves Pokemon know and everything. I can make inferences of what they are. Uh, So it's not that big of a deal if I can't read it, you know? Yeah. So. So, yeah. So I've been wanting to pick up an analog pocket because I went to go put in my uh, copy of Japanese Ruby into my DS Lite after I bought a new charger for it. And my not only is there a bunch of dead pixels on my top screen now that has mm. happened at some point since I've moved, there's also uh, neither of the ports work. I can't read DS or Game Boy games on it anymore. Interesting. So, yeah, my 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 old DS Lite is just kind of ripped bozo, and it's sad. You know, I've had that DS Lite since I was like 13. It's like a it's like a Zelda DS Lite too. It's like nice. Yeah. Um. And so I just like looked at it and it's sitting right there and it's just like I haven't turned it back on to see if it was just a fluke or not because I tried it a couple of times. But uh, but yeah, so I want to pick up an analog pocket uh, just because I really want the idea of having like a nice portable. The other option would be that I would buy like a Game Boy Advance SP and I would mod that with an IPS display and all the Mm. all the fun stuff to have original hardware, uh, original ish hardware. But I think it'd be more fun to have like a collector enthusiast level like hardware device. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So that is that is probably the first thing I will buy uh, post wedding is that and then a flash card for uh, all of my uh, all of my Game Boy games that I own but don't want to take around with me everywhere. Right. I'll dump them to a cart and I will uh, play them all from my Game Boy pocket. So or my analog pocket, I should say. But yeah. So how's your week been, my man? You know, um, it's been. Well, I, I don't want to say busy. Mm-hmm. but it has gone by. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. like I've had too much of really any importance that has happened, but at the same time, like, 
time has gone by fairly quickly. And truthfully, yeah. not a lot of gaming time for your boy in there. Um, I mean, like, aside from everything else that I've already previously spoken about that I've been playing, is, like, I I turned on a couple of games. Like, I mm-hmm. tried a couple of games on my Switch for a minute, and I don't have a thing to say about any of them yet. So, like... I don't know. That's just that's just kind of that's where I am at the moment. You know, Nia and I are still finishing some uh, some things up, which she has to. You know, she's if she wants to one hundred percent what she's playing right now, she is going to need to sort of get a move on with how much time she's spending playing it, because Tears of the Kingdom comes out May twelfth. Yep. And I also have to finish my playthrough as she finishes her playthrough because um in December I won a like a free pre-order from work because I placed well in like a warranty and attachments tournament at work. And so I've got unopened, untouched a copy of that I got for free of Resident Evil 4 remake that's just sitting. Oh, very nice. Right now, just like waiting on me to put down the wand and, and get to it. Mm-hmm. And um so I'm really excited to give that a shot in a minute. But also like I don't really have room for it in my gaming schedule right now. Like if I yeah. take on another game, then one of those games is probably just never going to be played again. It, you know, is never right. going to be finished. And I, I, I like to, I, you know, I don't want to fall off of WWE 2K23 this early. And mm-hmm. I don't, you know, there, there's enough stuff in there that I'm like, you know what, I, I do want to see this through. So I'm kind of waiting on that, but that'll be the next thing that I sink my teeth into. And I feel very much like the meme of Squidward looking out the window while all of my friends at work are playing Resident Evil 4 remake. <laughs> and like my buddy Kyle's like, I think it's pretty much the perfect game in my opinion. Uh, oh, wow. The only, literally his only nitpick is the rain doesn't look very good. But like... That's it, and Kyle's that's very a, that's difficult a good to please. Nitpick to have, yeah, he's very, very, very difficult um, to please. Like he, he's the type of person who like he'll listen to a song, and if there's like one note somewhere in the song that somebody hits a little flat, he like can't help but hyper fixate on it, and he can like never listen to the song again. That's so weird. Um, and so when he was like, yeah. I'm pretty sure this is about perfect i'm like oh no i need to play it (laughs) um which i knew it would you know all of the reviews came out and i'm like oh god you know it's getting all of these great reviews it's getting 10 out of 10s it's getting hundreds out of 100s this is crazy this is crazy and then like a week later i was like i haven't heard a lot of people talk about their experiences with it i wonder what the release date was. And so I looked at it and it wasn't out yet. The review embargo was a week and a half before the release date. Raven, have what you the... ever 
Because I have never. I've never heard of it. It's usually like a couple of days before. Right, right. If if the review embargo is like three days before, then Mm -hmm. they are, because you can read into and view review embargoes a little bit, right? So Mm -hmm. like if they have a review embargo that is a few days before, and that's when everything's going to be dropping, usually that's your Last of Us Part 2s, your God of War Ragnaroks, your Spider-Mans. Like, they know what they've got, and they know that they don't have to worry. If a review embargo is dropping the day of, not always, but many times, if you're, like, iffy on a game... And the review embargo is that early, you have like more reason to worry a little bit. Yeah. But a review embargo, a full weekend change before the release date is a level of mic drop, whip that thing out that I have never seen before. No, never, never, ever before. And it's just like, they knew it was going to be a success because Resident Evil 4 was so loved yeah. and so adored by so many. And then they were just like, yeah, we just made it better. Like, we fixed yeah. every problem. And everybody's like, well, I mean, shit, what am I supposed to do? Say no? Right. People were buying it for the nostalgia anyway. And then yeah. a week and a half before, all of the review outlets are like, and it's kind of perfect? And, like, that's all they mm-hmm. needed, you know? Yeah, exactly. But Tears of the Kingdom sure is a video game it it sure will be at the very least mm-hmm. although it presently is onuma said in the um in this process that the game that the development is complete the game has gone gold uh with that yes. being said a couple of days ago as of now there was a nintendo direct with just about 10 minutes of legend of zelda tears of the kingdom gameplay um, by the way, I'm on Google right now. I basically just glimpsed behind the curtain here. I basically just Googled Tears of the Kingdom gameplay because, like, I've seen it. I just wanted to remind yeah. myself to go over it. Yeah, and have, like, a reference. The Google page is, like, pulled up. And over on the right-hand side where, like, all of the information usually is from, like, the Wikipedia or whatever... It says, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom gameplay, 95% liked this game. And then below it, it says, Hogwarts Legacy is a 2023 action role-playing game developed by Avalanche Software and published by Warner Brothers Games under its port key games label. And the entire thing, everything below that is not about Tears of the Kingdom. All of the reviews and everything is about Hogwarts. And then when I like click on the title, it takes me to a Google search for Hogwarts Legacy. But mm-hmm. oh, I just over on the right hand side, it has all of the pictures from Hogwarts Legacy, but it says Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're trying to, they're just trying so, so hard to get that sweet, sweet ad revenue. That's all it is. It's got it. Anyway, though, we have officially seen about 10 minutes of the fabled gameplay that we've been waiting on for so long from Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And Raven, I am so curious to know what your thoughts are at this juncture. So. It looks like a video game. I mean. That much is obvious, but like. I kind of watched it. And the only thing I can think of was just 
why has it taken so long for us to see this? Yeah. You know? Why I was watching it and it didn't look anything super duper crazy, super duper out of the ordinary of what we had already seen. Um so why did it take this long for us to be able to see the gameplay they showed off? Because they didn't even show off that much, right? Yeah, it, it wasn't but, like they the showed way, off. Anuma was like we don't have enough time today to go into everything. First of all, when else do you have time? And secondly, yeah, like, of course you have time. This is a YouTube video. Yeah, it's not like you you have all of the time that you possibly want to have. And uh, But in any case, uh, they showed off a little bit of mostly what they wanted to show off today was just... Or what they wanted to show off on Tuesday, I should say, was the new powers and, that Link has available to him and explain a little bit about the open world aspect again. Yeah. And credit where credit is due, all of the new powers fix a lot of my main issues that I had with Breath of the Wild, right? Yeah. Um, I They showed off four brand new powers for Tears of the Kingdom. They showed off... All I can think of is Fuse, but there's one right before that. Um, um, I'm looking for the, um, the, the name of it, but there's the, like the Ascension one. Yeah. Well, there's um, rewind. Yeah. There's rewind. That, that's, that's recall, 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 recall allows you to, uh, look at an item and you're allowed to use recall on it and it will turn around and go the opposite direction as it's reversing in time. Yeah. Uh, in the trailer, they showed off the ability that Link can use that to get up to the top area to like the floating sky islands, which is really neat. Uh, the second one is fusing, which is I kind of spoiled a little bit earlier, but like whatever. Uh, fusing allows you to fuse any two items together, whether it's a weapon with another weapon that's on the ground, whether it's a shield with like a mushroom that you find, whether it's like a sword with a rock or a stick with a rock it gives you a lot more options to customize your own play. Right. Which is really, really cool. Oh my honestly. God. Honestly, I think this is the thing I'm most excited about for this game. To me, because, it's so genius. Because, uh, yeah, it's so clever, so easy, and it's just great. And so they're like, and they just have a. They show it off by at first by like having a stick. And they're like, you could fuse it with that boulder, and it's a massive boulder that then gets shrunk down and just on the end as like an improvised hammer. Mm. And the durability is just so much better on it that I think that's the thing I'm most excited about. Not having to replace all of my stuff constantly. Yeah. Um. In regards to, uh, like my weapons and such. If I could just fuse it with something else, that's what I would arrows. rather do. Yes. Special you can arrows. Fuse you can fuse things to arrows. So instead of having your uh, normal arrows with bomb arrows and uh, lightning, ice and fire arrows, you could just take items and fuse them onto your arrows and you can have different kinds of effects. So not only do they still have like all your chew jellies to give you your traditional item, your traditional arrow needs. They also had uh, like keys eyes that whenever you shot an arrow with a keys eye on it it became a homing arrow so you didn't mm. have to worry about missing the thing i want to know most about what does the meat arrow do because the first option they showed was the meat you can attach raw meat to it does it just like distract like uh call over enemies to maybe want to eat it more so it's less about hitting it and more about like hitting like it lure? off somewhere to distract them yeah 
and you could stealth around them or and you're not know, alone just, by the way like yeah the entire internet is currently obsessed with the meat arrow meat arrow yeah so uh, in addition to Fuse, they had Fuse but bigger with Ultra Hand. Uh, mm. Ultra Hand allows you to take various items in the overworld and combine them into different sorts of mobile craft. Mm. So, for instance, in the trailer, they took three tree logs and fused them together, and took us and took some fans and attached it to the back and made a an impromptu speedboat. Casey, they made. They let us build vehicles, which is the coolest thing in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. They saw that players were doing that, and they're just like, actually, yeah, you guys could just, like, do that in Tears of the Kingdom. That's, like, a feature that we have just ingrained into this. Yeah. Which is just so cool. Uh, finally, the last one was Ascend, um, which allows you to look up, and when you use Ascend, it just immediately float through the ceiling above you to above where that ceiling ends. Uh, just makes traversal easier, which I am a huge fan of. Climbing up the mountain, like climbing up sides of the mountains to get up to new places was cool at first. Um, but not having to do it constantly, I think, will help a lot with mobility and like help a lot with just like making you not feel like you have to slog up the side of the mountain for 10 minutes just to get to the peak or whatever. Right, 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 right. So. It, de- it definitely yeah. feels to me like the sort of iteration that, say, God of War did, where it's, mm-hmm. no, don't get me wrong, you know, you're gonna, this is going to be like playing a continuation of the first game, because we know that's what you want. However, with that being said, we are going to tighten it up a little bit, and... Nia just kept going on about, how, like, all of the little quality of life things that are going mm-hmm. to make playing this so much easier than playing the other one. Like, she's not going to have to go to a shop, right? Go to a merchant in order to get arrows and only only buy them. It sort of, to mm-hmm. an extent, made no ex- uh, sense in the original one why you couldn't just craft. I mean, you can craft freaking everything else. So yeah. this gives you the opportunity, you know, to, to craft them. And the yeah. fuse ability to me is like, I'm not going to lie. I think it's one of the most genius mechanics that I've ever seen put into a game. Not because it's anything new or crazy. Like, there are plenty of games out there that do things like this. However, when you look at. Well, what do I want from the follow-up to Breath of the Wild? And what are my fears for Breath of the Wild? We've talked about this ad nauseum. We want more of the same, but we're worried that it's going to be more of the same. So how do you give people more of the same and keep all of that intact while giving them enough iteration that they're super interested in it. And the fuse ability is going to fundamentally switch up, is going to fundamentally change the moment-to-moment gameplay from Breath of the Wild. We're working in the same engine, we're working with the same everything, and at its core, it's sort of like that base game again, except for the fact that you have a couple new very pronounced toys to play with 
that is going mm. to, you know, it seems like they only added a couple of things, but those couple of things are so fundamental, are so foundational that you don't really have to worry about, oh, is this just going to feel like hour 152 yeah. of Breath of the Wild? No, it's going to feel like a new thing. Exactly. It, it, it's, it's, you know, pardon my pun here, but it's a, it really is just like a breath of fresh air. I think is the the really big thing here to remember. Um, yeah, I just I honestly I was not excited about this game, not because of lack of trying, but just because it's like it really wasn't doing all that much to like excite me. You know, I mean, it wasn't doing that much in general. <laughs> you know, exactly. Uh, and so just being able to have the um have the new thing going on and to see all the new stuff in action has me a little bit excited. I wish that the world looked a little bit different and obviously there are giant sky clouds going on yeah. that make it look very different, but I wish that like artistically it looked different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It doesn't look like a whole lot of much of anything right now, which is, you know, not the end of the world. Right. But it, a little bit of variety would have helped a little bit like graphically to like see it updated, but I'm not that picky you know yeah at the end of the day you can um do worse than emulating the art style of uh what many consider to be the greatest game ever made exactly i I mean at that point the only thing to me it's like you can iterate on it and if you nail it let's go but you also stand the risk of if you iterate on that art style if you iterate on that world and you screw it up, people are going to go back to, you know, the the Beach Boys argument that they had in the studio of why screw with the formula? It's working. Why are we changing it if it's not better? So in the end, I think they made the safe play, but I can't say that it's, you know, not a smart one either. Exactly. I understand why they did it, and it definitely gave them more time to worry about the new assets and everything to work on. Yeah. But man, would it have just been nice to see, like, I don't know, a little bit of an update uh, just to make it a little bit more graphically fresh. But if that's my biggest concern, I'm obviously still pretty, pretty excited for it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so is Nia. Trust me. Nia is <laughs> one of, is not one of those chronically online kind of individuals. But she, like, the number of times that she said the words, let's go, <laughs> yeah. during that 10 minutes, I was like, okay, there's there's some, there's something fun uh, that's coming. Yeah. Well, speaking of a fresh take, and speaking of something that is different from before, we had, well, we'll first we'll talk about the game that was announced, and then we'll talk about the weirdness of the announcement. Um, yeah. But... It was announced last week, six days ago as of recording, um, that the there is going to be a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game, but it's not it's not going to be what you're immediately thinking that it's it's going to be. Um, it's going to be based on the comics series, uh, The Last Ronin, which is very different from i mean this is not 
the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that you know. Um, Mm -hmm. This is not like, oh, and we're going to eat pizza and like... The the last Ronin is brutal. Yeah. Um and you know a- actually it's it's worth saying right that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in their original comic form were incredibly brutal as well. That was yeah. a sick comic. That was a bloody bloody comic until they kind of kidized it. Um, and also, uh, fun fact, canonically, the, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, were made from the, um, the very same acid that, um, Matt Murdock, Daredevil, uh, lost his eyesight from. It seeped into, uh, a grate and then it landed on these, uh, these baby turtles and the mouse. But that, anyway, that's, that's a, that's a different thing. I just always thought that was cool. But. The reason that I bring that up, right, is because they, the people who originally wrote the comics, were so inspired by Daredevil and wanted to emulate Daredevil so much that they put that backstory in there, obviously, without using any of the the licenses. It was sort of just a nod. And Daredevil, also pretty brutal, and they emulated that. So then it gets kidified and then in 2020 this uh, adaptation called the last ronin came out which was it was set in the future and there's only one left using all four of their signature weapons and it turns out that like they have been like slaughtered and michelangelo is the only one left Splinter, the remaining turtles, all of them have been straight up like exterminated by their enemies. And he is seeking justice for their deaths in somewhat of a post-apocalyptic New York City. And this is going to be what is going to be made into the game. And it's going to be inspired by, they named God of War specifically. Here's the weird thing is Paramount announced this and they have not announced who is making it at all. All all they've said is somebody we trust. Yeah. It's going to be the right person, which granted it's difficult to write off any you know, developer, because we know that this all has them, you know, it's in all of them. After all, a studio that the last thing that they ever did was Disney Infinity, and before that, just a bunch of Cars games, just created a full, massive, open-world RPG that was the best-selling game in February. So it's, it's not like any of these people are untalented or can't do it. So no matter who they say... I would be inclined to believe that it's going to be good, but it's just so weird that they said, and we have the right partner for this. And then silence. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They, 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 
it shows a certain amount of confidence. It's just, it is such a weird way to announce a game and I can't get over it. You know, yeah. they were just like, we have a game coming out about the last Ronin. We know the people that are making it are going to be good for it. Yeah. It's going to be like God of War, you know, the most critically acclaimed game of the past like decade. Yeah. In other news, the like pigs can fly. Like you have to like <laughs> right, just yeah. kind of have such a suspension of disbelief to just be like, yeah, okay, I trust this wholeheartedly. But also, I'm interested to see where it goes. You know, it's just like a really cool premise. God of War, uh, the original God of War is one of my favorite games of all time. Like, I'm along mm. for the ride on this to see just where it ends up. I think. Yeah, and you know, not just that, but also. This is going to be kind of the thing where the world didn't look at, for instance, Miles Morales as opposed to Peter Parker in a certain way, right? Yeah. And, and you know, it was like, well, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Obviously, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And then Into the Spider-Verse came out, and it was like, oh, yeah, no, Miles is dope. And then mm -hmm. the Spider-Man game further proliferated that fact you know it, it it reaffirmed it and truthfully i'm not entirely sure which one came out before the other one but they were working in concert with each other to really staple miles morales as a character and we see that throughout games right we see that throughout movies and throughout media where everybody is so worried about what a take on something is going to look like but if it's good and it succeeds that opens the way for different takes on that to make its way so mm -hmm. my hope for the last ronin right is that if this game is brutal but it's also super fun and it's also super good, I think that there could be so many benefits down the road for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle franchise to be taken in directions that maybe we haven't seen popular media, at least, not just like the comic books, right? But we haven't mm. seen popular media for TMNT go in really since the cartoon came out, you know, in the 90s, and they sort of kidified it. This could yeah. open a lot of different doors, I think. Yeah, 100%. I, I think that it'll be a cool callback to just like, kind of like you alluded to, just the old gritty style of old school comics. And I think that especially Michelangelo out of all of the turtles being in that environment is just like super interesting to watch and find out. Yeah. So. I mean, we're hearkening back to a comic that originally had to be drawn in black and white because there was too much blood for yeah. it to be printed in color. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> read, just read that. But also maybe I should just wait, see what happens. Yeah, well, I'm I'm talking about the original comics, not even the last Ronin. They're you know they're down with blood now. Oh sure, but sure, the, sure, the sure, original yeah, yeah. comics had to be in black and white because like they wouldn't print oh, them with wow. that much graphic blood. <laughs> and this is the yeah. Teenage Mutant Turtles. Let's get some pizza. Like that's what it became anyway. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> well, from 
happy speculative news to some sad speculative news. Raven, it seems like we are a broken record. However, with that being said, I think we might be for real this time. Is E3 dead? Well, a few days ago, Ubisoft, granted, they never, I suppose, officially announced that they wouldn't be part of E3. Yeah. However, they Summer Game Fest and Ubisoft did announce that Ubisoft Forward will be taking June 12th at 10 a.m. PST from Los Angeles as part of Summer Game Fest. And then it was followed up by a tweet from Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg that said, One consistent conversation at the Game Developer Conference last week was, Is your company going to E3? Uh, no idea. Is E3 actually going to happen? Uh, no idea. Yeah. So we have to ask ourselves the question, even with just Ubisoft pulling out, is it, you know, what do they have left? Well, I'll tell you a couple of things that they don't have left because IGN, right, got this, and IGN's uh, Rebecca Valentine and Cat Bailey reached out to like everybody that they could think of that haven't made an announcement one way or the other yet. So, uh, according to this article, um, that I'm looking out, they reached out to like EA square embracer group, uh, Activision blizzards, Epic games, take Two, Warner brothers, um, a bunch of them that haven't said one way or the other. And a lot of them either declined or just didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. However, Sega confirmed to IGN that it would not be attending the show, saying, After careful consideration, we've decided not to participate in E3 2023 as an exhibitor. We look forward to sharing more information on announced and unannounced projects in the future. Bandai Namco said, well, we have no update on E3, but they did uh, confirm that they would be attending Play Days. Tencent said that they are not going to E3 2023, but they did mention Play Days being a good thing. And Devolver Digital also said that they are not going to E3, but keep in mind, we also never have gone to E3, so this is not... They they really <laughs> they really covered their butts in the statement, yeah. uh, and said we've never officially attended E three and do not plan to do so this year. Yeah. So the question that has been taking place over the course of the last month or so is: Is E three happening? And we covered just a couple of months ago somewhere in there that E three said or that Ubisoft said, hey, we will be at E3 if it happens. And now they are on the Summer Game Fest train. So, to me, this brings up two questions. A, is E3 quietly canceled at this point and the news hasn't made its way out yet? 
and that's why Ubisoft is going in a different direction. Or B, is E3 continuing to be such a train wreck that Ubisoft pulled out? And now we have Sega, which not for nothing, I messaged you this, Sega's standing in the industry is certainly not what it once was. And in the early 90s, let's say if Sega was not at the show, perhaps that would be a death knell for the show. However, in 2023... Sega not being at E3, while E3 could certainly survive without Sega by itself, it's to the point now where when even Sega pulls out, yeah, if you can't keep a hold of Sega, how screwed are you? Raven, do you think here in just a couple of months we're going to see E3? No. Correct. Uh, not unless they do whatever I called originally, which has just become an independent developer showcase, which would be cool. I think that would be an awesome, awesome time and a really good thing for external people to like want to do. The problem is developers or not developers, people with money don't want to back that, right? Yeah. They want to back the big thing. And so instead, they're going to like we're going to see money start coming out of E3, which is going to cause a bigger problem. Because mainstream media doesn't care about independent games unless it's like a phenomenal independent game, right? Right. I've been playing, you know, Peglin. Nobody cares. Like, people who like roguelikes like Peglin. Peglin's a very good game. I love it. I'm never going to be able to convince like 90% of the people I know to play it because right. it's just like, I'm like, yeah, you remember Peggle? But imagine that, but it's a roguelike. So you have to go through <laughs> and you have to create a deck based on the different orbs that you get. And you have to be cognizant of the different relics you get. And you could choose to take more fights or more question mark rooms to possibly upgrade yourself in different ways. Right, right, like, right. That's too much. And, and, and that's the big problem with independent games. They're all so cool, so interesting, so fascinating. And very rarely does it appeal to a mainstream market. Right. And, and, and uh, investors are not going to look at that and be like, yeah, that's the kind of show that we want to fund. They yeah. want to fund the show where they know that they're going to get a return on their investment. Right. Independent games are awesome. Independent games are wonderful. However, independent games are independent. Independent. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're not they're not AAA games for a reason, right? And yeah. and I I have been going through this renaissance where I've been buying less and less first party games. And I've only I've been buying a lot more independent. Just because I think the quality of them is just so much more nice, you know? And they're not these giant, massive games I have to take 80 bajillion hours to wrap around my head. Yeah. I just play the gosh darn thing, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, I think in order for that to happen, and this is kind of why I said in the beginning that I wouldn't think that E3 would move in this direction, is I think what we've seen from the ESA is that the ESA is unwilling to shed their hubris in order to become what they need to become. Mm -hmm. Clearly, um, the ESA is a very tumultuous <laughs> organization <laughs> that is not going super well and there's yeah. something going on that is incredibly dysfunctional that's leading to all of this. Because Summer Game Fest is great. But to me, and, and this is just sort of the way that I look at it, E3 is 
the brand, right? Like E3 is Kleenex. Probably for the next few years, it, like if E3 is gone forever, around Summer Game Fest, we're probably just going to refer to it as E3 time. Yeah. Because it's so entrenched in the industry. You know, it's the same way that like Forza Horizon is way, way better, but your ears perk up when you hear the words need for speed because that's mm-hmm. the brand. Mm-hmm. So for a brand with so much equity to be losing market share this badly, it's absolutely unprecedented. And granted, everybody figured out they can do their, you know, state of plays and, you know, their their, their Xbox stuff and their, their Nintendo Direct and their Ubisoft Forward, you know, but there is something else at play here and the only thing that I can possibly think is the ESA can't let go of what they've, you know, the success that they've been so used to since, Raven, you and I were born. Yeah. E3 was always something to look forward to, and now it's happening. Or not. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess that's a really good point. Or not, right? Yeah. Oh, man. And I would love if they went indie because, right, you know, like WrestleMania is this weekend. There are are two things that you can really do at a WrestleMania using the WrestleMania name, right? You can straight up make somebody. A win at WrestleMania means something to the trajectory of somebody's career. So, storytelling-wise, if you, like, there's this cat, Austin Theory, and he's facing John Cena at WrestleMania on Saturday. Well, guess what? Austin's probably going to beat John, mm-hmm. and a win over John Cena at WrestleMania is going to do incredible things for his career. Even... When the pandemic hit, that WrestleMania still meant something, even though there were no fans there, because it's called WrestleMania. So if you yeah, take E3 and you make it indie, there's so much brand equity there. Again, like you said, with marketing people, right? With people who are potentially going to back your game, when you say who, by the way, may not follow the gaming industry that close at this point, right? And you say, oh, yeah, we're going to be debuting the game at E3. People's ears are going to perk up. Mm -hmm. So it's not a matter at this point of trying to relive what it was. It's a matter of, at this point, I think you use, I agree with you, you use the brand equity to make some people. You use it as a stepping stone. You are self-aware enough to realize it's probably over for you. Mm -hmm. And you go in that other direction, but they just can't seem to decide that that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Because they, I think they still feel the need for this tremendous scale where that scale with the people that they have just isn't possible anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. Man. Sorry, I'm just so bummed out. I'm know, just sitting here I like know. realizing that like I was all I'd always look forward to E3 and it's just like kind of going away now. Yeah. This is like this is like the gamer version for me of like having to file your taxes for the first time and realizing that you're not a kid anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, the the first first day of school that you don't go to. Mhm. Because it's like, man, this is really over. And one knowledgeable source, I'm sitting here reading the article, and one knowledgeable source said ahead of Monday's news of Ubisoft departure, there's no possible way this show can happen. Yeah. And it probably won't. Yeah. Now, the bright side of all of this, though, is... Oh, well, they're dead for a reason. I do like the Summer Game Fest platform probably better. Yeah. At this point. I think that there is... You know, you couldn't... <laughs> you couldn't really... Look at... Where E3 is now and where Summer Game Fest is now... And say that one of them won without mm-hmm. the other one's quality just being better. And the quality of Summer Game Fest is better. You know, it's a little bit more spread out. It gives you some more time to let things breathe and to love gaming little by little by little and thus I'm really excited to see if E3 truly is out of the game no pun intended then (laughs) I am really excited to see what Summer Game Fest does from here Mm -hmm. and I think that's the silver lining in all of this Yep. I think having a backup in Summer Games Fest is great, and I really respect the work that Jeff Keighley's team does to put it on, and I think that's just the new E3. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that except the memories that I'm, I have of Summer Games Fest, or of E3. Yeah. yeah. And, you I'm know, already getting mixed up. That's That's the thing, too, about E3 ending is, like, E3 21 was what it was right like it that was officially when it was like e3 happened and we're not super happy about it that was 2021 Mm -hmm. because it it Mm -hmm. sucked it was bad there was a half hour dedicated to the intellivision amico and well, so, I that. I'm gonna, while you're talking, I'm going to look at what happened. Okay. And I find myself asking myself, self, do you prefer to watch your favorite thing progressively become more and more and more of a shell of what it used to be? Or do you prefer to like leave the memory intact? 
right? Do you do, do you become disgusted with what it has become or do you just give yourself time to love what it was? And I think with E3, if E3 is over now, it gives us the opportunity to love what it was rather than spend every year worried about what it has become. Mm-hmm. So what's going yeah, on with the Amico? Oh my God, dude, there's so much. Oh, okay. So in Amico in watch, May, uh, uh, join us for an episode of Amico watch right now. Uh, so in May of 2020, they had former Microsoft executive and Xbox co-founder Jay Allard, who joined in television. Okay. Uh, as the global marketing or managing director. He left only a few months later saying that the role was not a good fit. Okay. Despite that, Tallarico noted the hiring of Allard during an investment call in March of 2021, which led to the SEC to send a letter for clarification to envelop in television to clarify when Allard had left the company. Okay. Uh, in late June 2021, uh, Ars Technica's Sam Makovec uh, reported a number of issues, a uh, bunch of lag issues, uh, game design guidelines call in, in television's 10 commandments of game design were required. Uh, that, that's what that's like the portal that held the game design, and it's more like game design 101. Uh, Mika was delayed in August of 2021 until quote the end of the year skipping through here on July 4th of 2022 so it's been almost a year since we last heard anything about the Amico uh, publications reported that the Intellivision Amico trademark had been abandoned mm. and then on July 7th an update by Nintendo Life stated that the Intellivision Amico trademark had been renewed, quote, rather than request a further extension on the existing trademark. It is instead decided to opt for a brand new one as of June 30th, 2022. And that's it. That's the last bit of the Amico that we've heard about so far. Oh, my goodness. And that's not even everything. I skipped, like, most of it. Like, how pre-orders of the Amico were canceled in April of 2022... Uh, Intellivision cut their staff and licensed IP. Like, Yum. that's something that should have been never conceived of, but they should just call their, they should just call it quits at this point. Mm, yeah. Sorry, I got on a super big tangent because you've mentioned the Amico and I was like, I haven't heard anything about that. Let's see what's going on. No, no, you're fine. Like, all of them. I'm reading like, a oh. Kotaku article from June of 2022. Yeah. It, it's detailing <laughs> things that even you didn't mention. Uh, public frontman and former CEO Tommy Tallarico has openly insulted critics, calling them gaming racists <laughs> and mentally unstable while having been found to be following several notable white supremacists on Twitter. Uh, now I'm angry. I just wanted to laugh at Tommy Tallarico. Now I just want to punch him in the face. I mean, we're talking about a guy who became the CEO of 
uh, in television after working on 240 games or whatever it was, but yeah. he was like one of the audio guys. <laughs> yeah. Like he worked on music, which is like, don't get me wrong, an incredibly important part of gaming, but I don't think that's CEO worthy at this point. No, not at all. To be fair to Intellivision, if you go to Intellivision.com, it just shows off the Amico. Like yeah. It has, so it's not like they're trying to abandon it or anything. Oh, yeah. Even if they I'm... maybe should. But. There is an entire yeah, get... tab dedicated to trying to get you to invest in Intellivision. Yeah. Let's see. My you have it's great whenever you have to go to intellivisionamico.myshopify.com. I feel like mm. I'm getting scammed. I feel like you are Just... too. Oh wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, it's just Anyway, <laughs> enough about the Amico. Um more we'll, we'll write a postmortem for dear beloved e3 at a later time but maybe they should invest in intellivision maybe that's what the esa needs to do is invest in intellivision mm -hmm. you know they have partnerships maybe. with mlb sesame street and more and more maybe maybe i should buy a shirt that just says rebel on it from intellivision yes i could get one for i could get a hat that says the intellivision amico it can be a gaming shirt that says Rebel Without a Pause. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I'd like to firmly apologize for it. Uh, <laughs> Raven, tell the people where they can find us. They can find the podcast at Making Fun Pod on Twitter and Facebook. They can find you, Casey Johnson, over on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Casey on the drums. They can find me Raven over on Twitter for as long as that health site remains up to date. Uh, you can listen to our podcasts wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you're listening to our voices now, first of all, I apologize. Second of all, if you like what you've been hearing for whatever reason, please go ahead and consider subscribing to the show. It doesn't cost you anything. Analytics make us feel good. Uh, this is the part where I normally inject some random fact or talk about how I'm not going to inject a fact, but I already did by getting us on a 10 minute tangent about the Intellivision. And the <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to you save your guys here that, and throw brother. it off to Casey to go ahead and close us out of the show today. All right. Well, everybody, take some time this week to think about your favorite E3 moments. Maybe Raven, that's we'll we'll do that sometime soon. Is we'll mm -hmm. each bring our top five. E3 moments that we either lived through or knew about and really take some time to reflect on what E3 was. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a plan. Until then, however, do your best to not be like the former CEO of Intellivision, Tommy Tallarico, and go out and brighten someone's day. <laughs>